Summerton, we need a passion for lost souls. When more than a third of the world's population still have not heard the gospel, and we hear it literally on a daily basis in our community, we need a passion for lost people, a passion for lost souls. And no one in the Word of God had a greater passion for lost people than Jesus did. As a matter of fact, when you begin to study the life and the ministry of Jesus, he had a reputation that he was a friend of sinners. And that was meant to be a criticism of his. That was meant to be a complaint against him, that he was a friend of sinners. But Jesus took that complaint as a compliment. Jesus did not mind associating with sinners. And I don't know about you this morning, but I'm thankful today that Jesus did associate with sinners. Because every one of us in this room, the Bible says, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I'm glad Jesus is a friend to sinners. I'm glad that Jesus associates with sinners. And I want to show you this morning a parable from Luke chapter 15 that I think will help us to get an understanding, maybe a reminder today of the condition that lost people are in. And then also it will remind us of the compassion of our shepherd, of our Savior. And then we're going to close this morning talking about the celebration that takes place every time a lost sheep is found and every time a person comes into the kingdom of God. But in Luke chapter 15, look along with me if you would here, beginning at verse 1. It says, Then all the tax collectors... And the sinners drew near to Jesus to hear him. Now I want to tell you, that, that little passage of Scripture says so much about Jesus. Notice what it says. It says that tax collectors and sinners were attracted to Jesus. That tax collectors and sinners, the most hated people by the religious people of their day, that they were drawn to Jesus. They were attracted to Jesus. Now, let me tell you that he did not attract them because of his sin. He did not have to use sin to attract sinners. Neither did he attract sinners because he was a man of compromise, because he never compromised his faith. He never compromised who he was and what he represented and who he represented and what it was that he believed. He never compromised. He never catered to sinners. But there was something about Jesus that caused sinners to be attracted to him, that caused lost people to want to draw near to him in order to hear what it was that he was saying. But then notice what verse 2 says. It says that the Pharisees and scribes complained. Now that ought to tell you something right there. Tax collectors and sinners were drawn to Jesus. They wanted to hear what Jesus was saying, but the religious crowd complained about Jesus. And notice what they said about him. They said, this man, and you can almost hear the sneer in their voices when they say this, that this man receives sinners and eats with them. 
Listen, Jesus did not worry about his reputation among the religious folks. Matter of fact, he, he ruined his reputation among religious folks because they began to accuse him of things like he's a wine-bibber and he's a glutton. And the reason why he got that kind of reputation from the religious crowd is because those are the kinds of people Jesus hung out with. Those were the kinds of people that were attracted to him, that were drawn to him. And so it says that these religious leaders said, this man receives sinners and eats with them. And so Jesus in verse 3 speaks this parable to them. Now, you're going to think this is three parables, but it's not three parables. It's one parable in three dimensions. Because he says this, he says, I'm going to share a parable with you. And then he talks about the lost sheep. And then he talks about a lost coin. And then he talks about a lost son. But in this parable, I think we are able to see the heart that Jesus has for lost people and the heart that you and I need to have for lost people. We see the passion that Jesus had for lost people and the passion that you and I should have for lost people today. And Jesus shares the parable, and here's what he says. He said, what man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. And then he goes to the next part of the parable. And he says, Or what woman having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin does not light a lamp. Now remember that. To find her coin, she has to light a lamp sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace that was lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And then in verse 24, we see the conclusion of the aspect of the lost son and how that he got his inheritance early. He went out and he wasted his inheritance on wine, women, and song, found himself in a pig pen. But when he finally came back home to his father, his father described him like this. He said, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to be merry. Now, there's three little things that I want us to notice from this parable this morning. And the first thing that we're going to look at is that this parable reminds us of the condition of lost people. Because sometimes we need to be reminded that we were one time lost. And we were in the same condition as we're going to see that the sheep and the coin and the sun was in this morning. 
But the first thing I want you to notice that this parable tells us about the condition of lost people is that like the lost sheep, lost people are directionless. You do know that sheep have no sense of direction. And so because a sheep has a tendency to wander away from the flock, if they get lost or separated from the flock, a sheep cannot find itself back to the flock. It cannot find itself back to the shepherd. It can't find itself back home. Cats can do that. Dogs can do that. You can take a dog 10 miles out in the woods and try to get rid of that dog. And when you get home, that dog will be standing on the front porch wagging its tail, waiting on you. But lost people are directionless, just like sheep. They can't find their way back. They, they may know where it is that they want to go. They may even know what it is that they need in their life. They just don't know how to get there. They don't know how to arrive. The Bible says this about us in Isaiah 53 and 6, lost people, before we knew Jesus. It says that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And then Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2 and 25, once you were like sheep who wandered away. You see, lost people have a tendency to wander. Lost sheep have a tendency to drift, and they don't do it intentionally. As a matter of fact, a sheep usually that wanders away from the flock doesn't even know he's wandered away until he looks up and sees that he's grazed a little here, grazed a little over here, grazed a little over here, and he has unintentionally disconnected himself from the flock. And he looks up from his grazing and recognizes maybe that either the flock has gone on without him, or either that in his grazing he has separated himself from the flock and he doesn't know how to get back home. That's why sheep need a shepherd. That's why the Lord Jesus said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit will do what? He will lead you and he will guide you into all truth because we like sheep are directionless. We get lost sometimes and we don't know how to find our way back. That's why he's given us the word of God. His word is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path that when we get off the path, the word of God shows us and corrects us and gets us back on the right path. Lost people like lost sheep are directionless. But not only are they directionless like lost sheep, Lost people are defenseless. Have you ever thought about a sheep and how a sheep protects themselves? They were not designed for fight or flight. They're not a fighting animal and they're not an animal that can get away from a prey. So the only way that a sheep can protect itself is that when they see a wolf or when they see the prey, sheep that are a little bit scattered, they'll suddenly come together in a flock and you watch when they see a wolf, you've got sheep fighting to get into the middle of the sheepfold because that's where they feel safest. That's where they feel most protected. The sheep that are still 
on the perimeter are still open prey for the enemy. And that's why sheep are fighting to get into the middle of the flock. Because that's how they protect themselves. Sheep depend on other people to protect them. Sheep depend upon the shepherd to guard them and to protect them. Listen to what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9 verse 36. He sees a great crowd of lost people. And he had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless. Like sheep without a shepherd. That's the way you and I were before we met Jesus. We were defenseless. That's why the enemy in John chapter 10 verse 10 talking about how the enemy comes into a sheepfold that is left unguarded that he comes to steal and to kill and to destroy because sheep are defenseless and lost people are defenseless. They're directionless. They're defenseless. But then also notice that like the lost coin, lost people are in darkness. You remember the woman who lost her coin. She had to light a lamp in in, in order to find that coin. And once the light was lit, then she was able to find the coin. Listen to what the Bible tells us in Proverbs 4 and 19 about the wicked. It says that the wicked is in total darkness. They're like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. And then Paul tells us that we once were full of darkness. That tells me that darkness is not an external issue. It's an internal issue. That there's darkness in our heart. There's darkness in our soul. There is darkness in our spirit. That's why I preach so much here at Summerton Church of God about how important it is that we be light. We've got to understand that lost people are spiritually blind. It's not that they don't want to see. It's that they can't see. I was watching a television evangelist the other day, and I'm just going to be honest with you, I got angry with him. And the reason that I got angry with this TV evangelist is because of the attack that, that he was placing upon Joy Bear from The View. Now, we all know that Joy Bear is not a believer. She doesn't confess to be a believer. She doesn't confess to be a follower of Christ. And yes, recently she said people who said that Jesus talks to them that they have a mental condition and and that they need help. Well, what what do you expect people in darkness to say? What What do you expect spiritually blind people to say? And I heard, I heard this televangelist calling her stupid. And calling her an idiot. Joy Bear, you're stupid. Joy Bear, you're an idiot. No, she's lost. She's in darkness. And listen, we're not going to win the lost sheep and find the lost coins of this world by being religious, judgmental, Pharisees, and scribes. Amen? But the way that we're going to help people in darkness is we're going to be the light of the world. Amen? So that people can see our good deeds so that they will be attracted to our Father. They're like lost coins. They're in darkness. They need light. Amen. And then here's a fourth thing. Like the lost son, lost people are dead. They are dead. You remember that God told Adam and Eve that if you eat from the fruit of the tree, 
said, the moment that you disobey and you eat that fruit, you're going to die. And they ate the fruit and they died. Now, we know it wasn't a physical death. It was a spiritual death. At that moment, their sin separated them from God. And that is the condition of every lost person. They are dead in their spirit. Here's what the Bible tells us in Ephesians 2.1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. So when we think about the condition of lost people, they're directionless. They're defenseless. They're in darkness. They're dead. And ladies and gentlemen, that should, that should concern us. That, that should motivate us. We, we should be passionate about wanting their condition to change. And, and that's exactly what Jesus was. Jesus was so passionate about lost people. We're going to look at what he did here as we talk about from this passage, the compassion of the Savior. Because the first thing that I, de- I see the Savior or the shepherd doing here is that the shepherd loves He loves. Listen to what the Word of God says in John 10 and 11. He said, I am, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd, what does he do? He gives his life for the sheep. I want to tell you, being a shepherd is a dangerous job. And it's a dangerous job because when a sheep wanders, that shepherd's got to go wherever that sheep is and get that sheep and bring it back into the flock. You go back and read about David. When David went to fight Goliath, he looked at Saul before he went out to fight Goliath. And he said, when a bear came and took one of my daddy's sheep, or when a lion came and took one of my daddy's sheep, he said, I left the flock and I went and I chased that bear and I chased that lion down and I took them by the jaw and I ripped their jaws apart. And he said, I took my sheep, my father's sheep back and brought it back into the flock. Hear me as a shepherd. You've got to love the sheep enough that you're willing to chase down a lion. And you've got to love the sheep enough that you're willing to chase down a bear. That you're willing to chase down the enemy and say, no, you will not have one of my father's sheep. And Jesus loved us so much that the Bible says that he laid down his life for us. And the Bible reminds us greater love has no man than this than he laid down one's life for his friends. Oh, thank God this morning for a shepherd who loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son and that son gave his life so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Amen. He loves. And because he loves, here's something else that the shepherd does. He leaves. That's what the passage tells us. It says, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99. Now, he's not leaving the 99 unattended. He's not leaving the 99 in danger. They are in the flock. But not only are they in the flock, he's got other under-shepherds there to help take care of the 99. But the chief shepherd leaves the 99 in the wilderness and he goes after the one which is lost until he found it. Amen. He loved us so much. Listen to me. When is the last time that you were reminded 
of everything that Jesus left behind in order to come here to be your Savior. Well, when is the last time that you were reminded of everything that Jesus left behind in heaven to come here to this earth in order to be our Savior, in order to be our healer, in order to be our deliverer? Because that's what a shepherd does. He left the 99 and he went and rescued the one lost sheep. Notice what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9. And this was just after he had seen that crowd of sheep and saw that they were helpless because they had no shepherd. And so he looks at his disciples and he says to them, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to do what? To send out laborers into his harvest. Notice, he didn't call disciples just to go to church. He didn't call disciples just to go to Sunday school. He didn't call disciples just to go to small group. But he said, come on, lift up your head, lift up your eyes. The harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And he wants us to go where the lost sheep are. A Savior, a shepherd who loves us. A shepherd who leaves. And then the third thing is he is a shepherd who looks. A shepherd who looks. Because when you go back to this parable, you see that the shepherd looked for the sheep, the lost sheep, until he found the sheep. The lady looked for her coin until she found the coin. The father stood every day looking for his son to come home until his son finally came home. Because that's what a loving shepherd does. A loving shepherd goes. And a loving shepherd seeks until he finds. As a matter of fact, Luke chapter 19 verse 10 tells us the primary reason Jesus came. It said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Oh, when he was looking for Matthew, the tax collector, where did he find him? In the IRS office. That's where he found him. When he was looking for, when, when he was looking for Peter, where did he find Peter, the fisherman? He found him in a boat getting ready to go out and catch some fish. When he was looking for a harlot in John chapter 4, he said this. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. Because he knew that there was a woman that he was going to encounter there. And after encountering her and having a conversation with her, discovered that she had been married five times. And and was living with number six but Jesus sought her out and he found her at Jacob's place. When he was looking for Zacchaeus, where did he find Zacchaeus? He found him in a sycamore tree. When he was looking for the apostle Paul, where did he find Paul? He found Paul on the road to Damascus because he has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let me ask you something this morning. Where were you when Jesus found you? What were you up to when Jesus found you? What was your situation when Jesus found you? Is there anybody here this morning besides me that is thankful for a Savior that loved me so much that he kept seeking and kept seeking and kept seeking and kept seeking until he found me? Hallelujah. I'll tell you what that's called. That's called old-fashioned Holy Ghost conviction. Conviction. 
And we need more of it in our church today where we pray, Holy Spirit of God, do what you were sent to do and convict lost people of their sin. Amen. He loves. He leaves. He looks. He searches until he finds. And I'm so glad he found me. I didn't know I was that lost until he found me. Is there anybody here this morning grateful for a Savior who loved you so much that he left? He left heaven to come here to look for you, to seek you out, to find and to save you. That's the heart of a shepherd. We need more shepherds in the body of Christ today. We need people in the body of Christ today who understand the condition of lost people. Who understand they're directionless and defenseless. That they're in darkness. That they're dead. And we need some people who love them enough that they'll drop what they're doing. That they'll lay their life down. Maybe you're going to have to lay something down important to you. But to leave and to seek and find and bring lost people to the shepherd who is able to be the guardian of their souls. Amen. But notice the last thing that we see in this passage of Scripture is not just the condition of sinners and the compassion of a Savior, but oh, there is the celebration of salvation. And there is no celebration like there is when a lost sheep comes back into the fold or something valuable has been found amen or a lost child a prodigal has come back home and the scripture says it like this when he found that sheep he laid it on his shoulders rejoicing hallelujah rejoicing and when he comes home he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them rejoice with me I have found my sheep which was lost hallelujah I say to you that likewise I love this passage likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance notice when she found the coin she called her friends and neighbors saying rejoice with me for I have found the peace which I lost likewise I say to you there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents and when the prodigal son came home the dad said my son was dead but now he's alive my son was lost but now he is found and notice and they began to be merry they began to celebrate let me ask you this morning, could it be that the reason why there's not a lot of celebration in a lot of churches today is because there's not a lot of sheep being found? It's because there's not a lot of lost people that's coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Oh, I pray that God will give us a harvest of souls, but Summerton Church of God, it's not going to happen until we have a heart for those lost people. It's not going to happen until we have a passion for those lost people a heart and a passion and a love and a compassion for them that is greater greater than anything else so that we drop what we're doing that we make it a priority if we're not careful if we're not careful we can spend all of our time we can spend all of our energy we can spend all of our resources trying to just coddle and take care of the 99 trying to take care of the congregation when there's lost sheep out there that's directionless and defenseless 
defenseless and in darkness and dead and the enemy is destroying their lives. God, help us. Help us that we focus more on lost people. That we have more passion for lost people. That we have more compassion for lost people. They're not going to save themselves. The Bible says somebody's got to be sent to preach to them the word of God. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go where lost people are? Listen to me this morning, Summerton Church of God. I'm not worried about my reputation. I don't care what you think about me. If you see me coming out of a nightclub, I don't care. If you see me coming out of a nightclub, if you see me coming out of a bar, I don't care if you see me coming out of a bar. If you see me coming out of a place of question, I don't care if you see me coming out because if you see me coming out, you know it was God that sent me in there for a reason and for a purpose and I don't care what the religious folk think. All I care about is lost sheep being sought and found and rescued for the glory of God. Oh, come on somebody and give God some praise in this house.